0: On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast. I am so delighted that you're here. I know you're busy, you're doing a gazillion things, but for some reason you press play on this episode, and I could not tell you how much I appreciate that, that you're here, that you think, hey, maybe Victoria has something to say, to share about her life, about being a 21st century Christian woman, about what it really looks like, some practical application, Maybe Victoria will help me connect the dots here on on how I'm supposed to do my life. You know, it's a busy, busy, busy time, and I know you could be doing so many other things. So maybe you're driving, maybe you're washing dishes at the sink, taking a walk around the block, whatever the the reason is. I'm so glad that you're here and that you are joining me today. We're going to look a little bit into Psalm 12 because David complains in the Psalm about the vicious words of his adversaries. But he also shines a light on the pure and precious word of God. It's a great contrast. And when I think about the words that we hear, especially those of our adversaries, I think about all these thoughts that I have in my head that i know are not godly they're not god it's they're not thoughts that god would say to me and i i was questioning myself recently like victoria are you practicing what you preach are you analyzing your thoughts are you thinking about what you're thinking about are you applying the 7 r's for living your best thought life and one of those 7 r's would be yes to recognize what you're thinking about and then it's to resist the anything that you're thinking about that is not true. It even could be to resist a thought that tends to lead you in a direction that is of no good end to you. So it may not be an issue of true or false, but it may be just something that triggers maybe a negative memory in your brain. And and then you have to kind of go through all that experience again, or, or whatever it might be. The point here I'm trying to make is that The words are powerful, and words are comprised of thoughts, and I wonder if you are analyzing your thoughts. Do you ever analyze the source of your thoughts? You can ask questions, actually, of each thought. For example, you can say, who is saying this to me? Is any part of this thought a lie? What benefit is it to me to think this thought? Why do I keep repeating this toxic thought? You see, what you're doing when you begin to question the thoughts that you have is that's your that's a preliminary step to actually recognizing what you're thinking about and then resisting or rejecting any thought that leads you in the wrong direction or any thought that is actually a lie because why do we want to focus on things that are not true? Recently, I found myself repeating, I'm so overwhelmed, this is all too much, I'm at my breaking point. And now these things may be true, but I need to recognize them as indicators that I may need to press in a bit more to the Lord or practice self-care or get back into a routine of sorts. I may need to establish some firmer boundaries and say no to tasks that usually I might say yes to. When I think about what's going on in my life at this precise moment, it's no wonder I'm running a bit thin as so many events that are going on right now with me are on the top 10 stressors list. But you know what? What is a top 10 stressors list to God? That's the real truth of it. And what does he say about me? What does he say about my situation right now? And what does he say about himself? If I if I push my thoughts in that direction, then I, I pull myself away from that, I'm so overwhelmed, this is all too much, or I'm at my breaking point. And instead, I'm not focusing on myself, I'm instead focusing on God. And he becomes the object of my affection, the object of my attention at that point. When, when we do that, that's actually when we find life. That's actually when we find energy. That's actually when we are relieved essentially and we find comfort there in those thoughts now as far as what's going on and how to deal with some of these things right now i'm moving many of you already know that i've mentioned on the podcast before but not only am i moving but i'm moving from a home where i've lived longer than any other home and basically where i've raised and launched all my kids to adulthood or marriage and you know to be on their own so this kind of moving has been quite an emotional experience for me. I'm so grateful that I did the decluttering challenge for two summers in a row, the last two summers, not this one, but the last two. But little did I know that God was preparing me for a move. I went through this intense decluttering process of every room, getting, making sure all my kids had their stuff, cleaning out, minimalizing, just really decluttering. And... And I had no idea that I would then be moving a short while after that. So God is always working on our behalf, isn't he? And it's just such a a testament to to his goodness and to, to how he's always involved in our lives, even in ways that we don't even know at the time. And so on top of that, I'm getting married. Yep. The day after I close on my beloved home here in Midway, I'll be so gratefully married again. But Let me tell you, for both my future husband and for me, this decision demanded a good deal of courage. For lack of a better word, I have to say courage because, you know, we're older. I've been single for decades and it's like, oh my goodness, this is a huge, huge decision. I'm so grateful that the Lord, you know, the way he works on us in marriage is a little bit, maybe a little bit different than how he works on us when we're singling it and for me, I know that I have to lay down a lot of my selfish attitudes and my own desires. And suddenly it's not just a me, but it's a we. And it's it's there's a little bit more accountability. Well, a considerable more amount of accountability. But there's also, I, I, I can't just up and do things like I'm used to doing a very free spirit. And I can't just, hey, I'm going to go to this place or that place. No, I have someone else to consider now and someone else to join me in making these decisions So there's so many adjustments. That's just one And we're you know, we're not really blending our children because our, our children are already grown But we are blending dogs, you know, I got my little precious rico the five pound Morky, and he meets Smokey, the 45 pound labradoodle <clears throat> So, excuse me. How, how do we play fetch now? Who's gonna sleep where? And it's not just our furry critters; it's combining all our households too, right? I mean, all the stuff that I do have that I didn't declutter—that I thought, okay, this is necessary stuff for me to keep, like all my kitchen stuff, right? The kitchen is the heart of the home, and I am well equipped. I have a well-equipped kitchen. I love to bake, and I love to open my home every week for a Friday family fun night, those sorts of things. But you know, we got like duplicates now, and. And how are we going to manage some of these things? Do we keep it? Do we toss it? Do we use it now? Do we use it later? Do we store it? But where do we store it? Because now we've got two households trying to squeeze into one. And anyway, there's all of that in getting married, not to mention the spiritual, the physical, the emotional aspects of, of our new union and all that that entails. It's all good but it's all a lot. And then, of course, we're going to take a honeymoon and we're going to be out of the country for a good stretch of time. And this is even a bit stressful given the traveling industry at the moment as well as the existing COVID requirements. Again, it's all good stuff, but it just requires a ton of emotional energy to hack through creating an itinerary and booking transportation and lodging while we're gone. So I think you get the picture. And you know what? I know you can tell your own story of emotional and physical stressors going on right now in your life. Maybe you just had surgery. Maybe a loved one is ill. Maybe your high school graduate is prepping for college this fall. And you're wondering, how are things going to be when my, quote, baby leaves home? So I get it. And we all have to face these battles. And it's just the, it's life, right? We say, okay, this is just life. And, and some days are really awesome days. And some days are days we think, what, I can't believe that just happened. And it's like, when it rains, it pours. And we have to find that balance of donning the yoke of Christ and discovering what it means not only to wear his easy and light yoke, but also to have his mind. There's some balance that we get when we do that. And I will be the first to tell you that I haven't exactly discovered what all of that really, really, really means. But I want to be, I want to be balanced under Christ's yoke. In other words, it won't feel heavy because it's light. It won't feel difficult because it's easy. And I say that. And then I think, can that really be true? And I've done a lot of podcast episodes and YouTube videos on, on the yoke. And I have one hanging on my wall in my office and because it's so symbolic to me. And it's such a reminder that, Hey, Victoria, are you trying to pull in your own direction? Are you trying to haul off and go this way? Are you trying to carry this load, which you were never intended to carry? And are you trying to do this all on your own? And Victoria, what thoughts are you thinking? Are you really thinking thoughts from the mind of Christ, thoughts that Christ would say? And so this episode, this particular Psalm reminded me, it was a little bit of a check to examine my words, examine my thoughts, and to make sure that They line up with who God says I am, who God says he is, and and what God says about my scenario. And the same would apply to yours. I did come up with four practical items we can do. Like, you got a heavy load, life load going on right now. Number one, pray. You can awaken each day. And instead of igniting those thoughts that ultimately bring you really low and de-energize your strength and wipe you out emotionally, like right from the get-go, have you ever done that? Like, oh, no. It's Tuesday. Oh no, I gotta do this. That kind of, those kind of thoughts. Well, instead of that, and which is so heavy, it's a heaviness, A heaviness. If you wake up with that heaviness, instead you can immediately pray these things instead. And you can say things like Today is the day that you have made, Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in this day. You have plans for me today. Guide me on the path to righteousness. When I'm feeling really weak, Lord, I know you are strong and you will be my strength and comfort. Help me to make decisions that honor you today. Show me how to use my time and my talents wisely today. Is there an unexpected interruption today? If they come, Lord, remind me that they are... By divine appointment and allowance. Help me to trust you with all the details. Close doors that need to stay closed and open doors that I should walk through. Can you feel the difference in those thoughts versus, oh Lord, I'm so overwhelmed today. I'll never make it through today. I just can't do all this that I have to do. And oh, if only I had more time and oh, and on and on and on. Those thoughts Though they may feel very truthful, they're negatively charged and they impact your brain. And remember, your thoughts and your words, those are going to impact your, your brain, your emotions, your moods, and ultimately the actions that you take. So they're very important. So number one, let's pray. Let's pray to God. Let's declare these truths first thing in the morning. And then number two, let's read God's word. He likes to speak to you through, through his word. And who knows what nuggets of truth you may find that will spark interest in your very heart and soul and equip you at just the right moment today to walk in God's truth. You pray You read his word and then you stand on the lookout for him to demonstrate to you his power and provision in your life. Your brain is on high alert for many miracles that happen a gazillion times a day. You know, you find the parking spot. Your friend shows up on time. You make it to the park in time to practice. You find that thing that you had lost. Someone calls with good news. You get resolution to a huge financial or legal issue and the weight is lifted. Do you get the picture? In other words, once you set your brain up for all these positive affirmations and how God is going to act in your life, then you'll start picking up on that. Your brain is a wonderful machine and it loves to solve problems. And it's going to look for ways to prove what you say right. When you keep your focus on God, then suddenly you can see in a fresh new way how God is actually working in your life and on your behalf. So you pray, you read his word, you expect God to demonstrate his faithfulness and kindness to you, and then you give thanks. You praise him and you express gratitude for his amazing love and provision in your life. I think this is just a simple recipe for doing life God's way. And hey, If you want to start your morning on the right foot, please get your copy of the Choose to Think devotional. It's 365 devotions right there at your fingertips. And it comes with a Bible verse to to look at so you can read God's word. It comes with an affirmation like something that you're going to choose today with God's help. Of course, that's a given something you'll choose today to do and be intentional about. And then it comes with a little story. So it drives home the points. And would you believe that The last two sections of each day's devotional, it's just a single page, comes with reflection questions so that you can really, really personalize the learning that you're having on that particular day. And then finally, it ends with a prayer. So we're doing like many of these things and we're starting off in this devotion. So please get your copy. I'll I'll put a link in the show notes here as well as on the YouTube channel. So be sure to get your copy of the book. You'll be so happy that you did. And okay, let me just say this too, because I know that you may be listening and you're like, okay, all that sounds really good, Victoria. And I kind of already do those things, but I'm still feeling really distraught and I'm actually terribly exhausted. I get that too. And if this little recipe seems hard to do, let me just suggest for you to whisper two words as echoed in this Psalm that we're looking at. And those two words start off the Psalm and it's help Lord help Lord. Can you feel the power there when you say, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm done. I'm at, I'm at my wits end. And then you say, help, help Lord. You know, when you utter that from your soul, from your very, you know, when you're just really surrendering and saying that your God will show up. I promise you, he will, he will not leave you there. Can you imagine if your kid came up to you and said, mom, help. Or, Papa, help. Wouldn't you go to them immediately? And God is no different. He hears you, and he knows your aches and your pains. And if you stop just for a second, this is my hard thing. My hard thing is stopping and slowing down. But if you stop just for a second and listen, he will guide you. He will show you what to do. He really will. I like the Treasury of David. Uh, commentary. Charles Spurgeon is writing in that one. I really like it. And this is a little bit of what he says about those two words, help Lord. He says, you know, that's a short but sweet, suggestive, seasonable, and serviceable prayer, a kind of angel's sword to be turned every way and to be used on all occasions. Do you like that? In other words, it's an angel's sword to be turned every way and to be used on all occasions. So maybe your cry is just going to be, help Lord, help Lord. And then you can wait and see what he does. He will strengthen you, and he will He will pour out his spirit into yours, and he will show you exactly what you need to do. So maybe if the other things seem a little too lofty, or maybe you're already doing those things, maybe you just need to recognize that if nothing else you need God and those are powerful words to say help me God help me Lord so let's listen to this amazing psalm and then I'll meet you on the other side psalm 12 the NIV version help Lord for no one is faithful anymore those who are loyal have vanished from the human race everyone lies to their neighbor they flatter with their lips but harbor deception in their hearts may the lord silence all flattering lips and every boastful tongue those who say by our tongues we will prevail our own lips will defend us who is lord over us because the poor are plundered and the needy groan i will now arise says the lord i will protect them from those who malign them And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. You, Lord, will keep the needy safe and will protect us forever from the wicked who freely strut about when what is vile is honored by the human race. And this is the word of the Lord. Well, I hope that you enjoyed listening to those words of truth and just the message of you don't have to go this all on your own. And even in this busyness, even with stressors, even when life feels so heavy, you're like, I can't take one more step forward, another step forward. You can just stop. And say, God, I need you more than ever right now. Help, Lord. And He will come to your assistance. He does hear your cry. And then I want you to be on the lookout for it and how He how He acts. He may send a sweet note your way. Maybe it's a kind gesture of a neighbor. Maybe someone at the checkout line smiles at you. You know, the clerks as they're checking out, and they're half the time I go through and they don't say anything, right? But maybe on this time, someone looks at you and really genuinely smiles at you. Can you imagine the impact that that might have on you? Better yet, why don't you try genuinely smiling at someone else today? A genuine heartfelt smile might just be what they need because maybe they've cried out. Help, Lord. And Brain Changer, be really mindful of the thoughts that you are engaging, the thoughts you are thinking. Make sure you steer clear of those thoughts that really bring you low or that maybe are filled with elements that just aren't true. Ask yourself often, what does God say about me in this situation? What does he say about himself? And what does he say about my scenario? And remember, I've given you four action items to do. You can pray and you can read God's word. You can expect God to meet you where you are. And then you can show gratitude and praise to him. And listen, if you're at that point where you're like, mm, I don't know, I'm really, 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 really struggling, then just utter those two words, help Lord, and just see what he does. See what He, how he responds to you at that moment. Expect to see his goodness. So go on your way today, be encouraged, and know that you are not alone. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast. God bless you. To wrap brain changer and until next time dios primero y que dios te bendiga chao